everybody, this is Kim. I just wanted to apologize for this episode being late. We promise we're not making a habit of this and we're still invested in the podcast. But as you see in a couple of other episodes, we've been having some recording difficulties. We've figured out what the issue is and it should no longer be an issue. However, these recording issues have resulted in parts of this episode needing to be re-recorded. However, because of the holidays that we mentioned in the episode, we had to wait a bit before we were actually able to record again. So, we apologize for the episode being late due to this. This should no longer happen, so from now on, any missing weeks should be planned and not due to our voices sounding garbled and robotic and weird. All right. Thank you so much again for listening, and we hope you enjoy this episode, and we will see you next week. Hi, I'm Sam. Hi, I'm Kim. And this is Stop Running From This, a Ghost Adventures review podcast. Yay! I did it. For those who don't know this momentous, Sam got it right on the first try. It's only taken ten episodes. Is it ten? This is our tenth one, right? Oh, God. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, because the last one's episode nine. I was just listening to it. I listen to them when I edit them. And then after enough weeks have passed, I'll listen to them again. Yeah, I listen to them when they come out. Yes. They're they're good. They're good for work. Because then I'm just, like, giggling and I'm not going to explain anything to my coworkers. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so... This week, we are on Season 2, Episode 3, right? Yep, Episode 3 of Season 2. Alright. And the episode is La Purisma Mission. Yeah, and I looked it up. Uh, La Purisma means, like, the virgin. Like, specifically, Virgin Mary. Not, like, any virgin hanging out. (laughs) (laughs) The Ghost Adventures crew investigates the haunted occurrences at the La Purisma Mission in Lompoc, California. The former Spanish residence of Padre soldiers and the native Chumash is beautiful, but the air around it is heavy with the tragedy of disease and war. At La Parisma, the sounds of flutes and the voices of the long-gone inhabitants still linger. Trapped within its whitewashed walls, the spirits seem bound to this land, forever locked in their struggle with each other. So, first things first. Melodrama. Continue. Well, that and also... The La Parisma. Mm-hmm. Sam, do you want to tell everybody who may not be aware why that's a problem? So, in Spanish, you have definite articles. Um, el and la. So, essentially, La Parisma is the virgin. So, you're saying the, the virgin mission. Yes. This happens all the time with Spanish, this happens with Italian, this happens with French. People just slap a a definite article up in front, and then I make a face. Well, because English speakers can be stupid sometimes, and we go to a place after we colonize it, and we go, what does this mean? And they're like, la parisma. It's like, oh, the la parisma. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. Or my favorite is still the Sahara Desert. Just, it's desert, desert. It makes me wonder, because I've seen it online multiple times, and I never had a good answer for this. So, universal translators are used in, like, sci-fi movies. Mm-hmm. Do they take into account context? Like, if they're 
an alien is listening, someone speaking English, and we see something like the Sahara Desert, does the language to. translator take it into account that, like, Sahara is the title of the desert and not translate it as desert desert? Or does it translate it as desert desert? Okay. Like, does it do a literal translation? Hold on. First, I want to put my phone on silent. Cool. Then I guess uh, it depends on the genre you're writing. If this is a comedy science fiction, then no, it doesn't. Um, if it's like hard science fiction, let's say, then I'm assuming they've solved that issue. Um, so like, my question is, would aliens then call it like the Sahara Desert, whatever their name for desert is? Hmm. I guess the real question comes, are you watching Star Trek or The Orville? I haven't seen The Orville because Dad really likes it. I actually saw it for the first time uh, earlier this week with Alex, mm -hmm. and I got really into it. Awesome. Like, because it takes itself seriously, mm -hmm. so you're watching it and you're like, how is this a comedy? And then they get into these situations where they say something that's like, it wouldn't be out of place the way they say it wouldn't be out of place in Star Trek, but what they are saying is so clearly ridiculous, and it's p supposed to be. Yeah. Dad's really into it, and he's like, you should watch it. No, you have to watch it. Why aren't you watching it? So if, I'm never going to watch it. If you're a Star Trek fan, you'll like it. Maybe. But I can never tell Dad that I've watched it. It's essentially a satirical look at Star Trek. Star Trek is so good. They just... The problem with Star Trek is that it's supposed to be, like, super progressive, because this is in the future where we've, like, solved racism. Like, here's the weird thing about the Orville. It takes that into account. The jokes aren't about race. Like, there actually features a gay couple, and it's not the butt of a joke. Yeah. Oh, it's not that these things are the butt of the joke on Star Trek. It's just, like... No, 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 I know that. That, that... I've seen Star Trek. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying, though, it's like... In terms of, like, the progressive ideals, that's taken as seriously on the Orville. It's not... The jokes aren't the progressiveness. The jokes are based on how ridiculous some of the sci-fi scenarios they get into are. Oh, see, I was like, gonna say, the problem with Star Trek is that they, they are progressive, but they're not nearly progressive enough. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's who I am as a person, y'all, in case you didn't know. Uh, yeah, like, for example, there's, um, on the Orville, there's a gay alien couple. Same hat. And there's an episode that there's an issue, that they have marital problems. And they treat it like a real problem, and the marital problem is that one of them has a sex addiction. It and happens. doesn't tell the other. And his sex addiction has caused him to make, get black market, um, holograph, like, you know, the, um... Like, holodeck... Yeah, thank you. Holodeck scenarios. And one of his sex addiction scenarios is contains a virus that takes over the ship. You couldn't just get this guy a vibrator? Oh, wait, it gets better. It's essentially him getting, um, getting into a massive orgy with lots of copies of himself. I've seen that hentai. It is... And it takes itself seriously, which is where part of the comedy comes from. It's like, it's not... It, it, it's... You will actually like it. I... Dad's been pushing it too hard. I can't watch it. 
I'm sorry. To be fair, I don't think I would have watched it if it wasn't for the fact that Alex just happened to have it on. Yeah. See, like, that's kind of what's going to have to happen to me, but we'll see. Uh, but we've gotten a little off track. Just a little bit, because we're not talking about sci-fi. We're talking about ghost adventures. I think it would be Sahara Desert Desert. Like, deserts all the way down. <laughs> oh, God. Um, um, <laughs> but so, the yeah. reason why we ask is not just because of the La Parisma, but also there's a lot of interesting translation issues here. There's, I, yeah, there's... So, he refers to all the priests at this mission as padres. Um, padre just being, like, the the Spanish word for father. Just like you would say, like, uh, Father uh, Joe Schmo so, in English. Hold on. First things first. Go for it. Um, for those of you who are not Catholic, <laughs> we need to explain what ah, father... Priests. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um... Sam, you probably remember, what's the difference between a father and a brother? Because you may have also heard brother whoever. Oh, so a brother is a friar, but a father is a priest. There we go. And what's the difference for those of you, us, who are not used to... It's different holy orders. Thank you. (laughs) So, like, a priest can, like, consecrate the Eucharist and celebrate Mass, but only some friars can. I think they have to also be priests. Okay. So, Listen, it gets complicated if you look too deep into it. But so like, all fathers are priests, not all brothers are, but not all priests. All brother, bleh. all fathers are priests, not all brothers. But are all priests. brothers are friars. All brothers are friars. Okay, so yeah, so like if you were talking to uh, brother, um, brother Dustin, right? He might be a Dominican friar. But, uh, Father Joe Schmo, who could be in the Dominican order, um, has taken holy orders and can, can do, do the mass. Do the mass. Yes, that's the, that's the way to say it. Um, yeah, fun stuff. So the reason why I wanted to make sure we went through this is because one thing that has become apparent in this episode, and I think this is because the first time we really looked at a specifically Catholic site, is... Zach is really not familiar with Catholicism and Christianity, and I just wanted to make sure before we go into this that we're clear, because he keeps, because as Sam just said, he keeps referring to the priest as padres, which is essentially, he, you could just say priest, but yeah. I think that the reason why he sticks specifically with padre is because he wasn't sure if it was a specific title or not. Yeah, which it's not, it's just the Spanish, and like, you'll see this in in the West in different places when they're talking about specifically Spanish missions and Spanish churches. Um, it's not really a thing here on the East Coast. It's not. Um, we just say Father Whoever. Yeah, Father Whoever. Um, because that's... We don't have the strong Spanish tradition that comes from California, etc., once being part of New Spain. That and, like, most of this, the Catholicism here comes from, like, the Irish. <laughs> well... Or, and it's some Italian, but really mostly it comes from, like, Irish and some English influences. And also the Caribbean. Um, Which, but the, but Caribbean the Caribbean doesn't have is... the same sort of strong Catholic background because Protestantism is on the rise everywhere. 
Sorry, I, I'm, I'm an ex-Catholic, but I still have opinions about Protestantism because that's, that's how it goes in this life. And I'm a lapsed Catholic that still gets yelled at that I need to go to church. Yo, I do too. My mother was making fun of me because I said I might leave early on um, Friday because it's Good Friday and claim I'm going to 3 p.m. mass. And she goes, well, just have your boss talk to me. I'll tell him exactly where you were. I'm like, Mom, don't make me go to 3 p.m. Mass. Don't make me do it. For those who don't know, the 3 p.m. Mass on Friday, on Good Friday, because Good Friday is a whole... Technically, we're supposed to go to Mass. It's a whole day of obligation. Mm-hmm. But the 3 p.m. Mass goes through the entire Passion of Christ. So the entire... He gets... The entire thing of him getting accused by it's the passion, Judas. Yeah. Well, if you don't know what the Passion it's is. Right. Sorry. My bad. Not all our viewers are, are, excuse me, not all our listeners are Catholic, Sam. Well, passion is something that if you're, if you're a Christian, you'd understand that. But, but not yeah, if, so not all our listeners are Christian either. It goes, it goes through the whole last hours of, of Jesus where he, he is, uh, betrayed. Arrested. Arrested. Goes, brought, yeah, betrayed, arrested, goes on trial. And does the whole walk to the execution site and gets executed. With plenty of gratuitous torture, because that's what Catholicism is all about. So yeah, the 3 p.m. Friday Mass is usually about three hours long, if not longer. Um, the one at my church isn't that long, because it's not actually a Mass. Um, nothing is consecrated. It is a service. But now I'm getting picky, because I studied this for fun. Yeah, no, no, no. That's true. Um, Um, but... My grandmother used to make me go every Good Friday, and it, it took forever. It is a delightful downer. Like, <laughs> it is so depressing, y'all. Holy Week is the church as its gothest, and I love it. I live so, for this shit. This... Lent is, is church goth. Holy Week is turning that goth scale up to 12. So, um... The week that we're recording this and publishing this, we're actually publishing this during Holy Week, uh, which is why I bring up Good Friday. Good Friday is the day Christ died, so it's one of our two legit fast days. Fasting and abstinence. That's why I call it legit fast day. Like, what you think of with a fast day with, like, no eating, like, eating or eating very limited fit. We're eating within a very limited time period. One meal and two small meals that don't together constitute a large, uh, a proper meal. If you ever have a question about, like, Catholic, Catholic, like, doctrine or dogma, I'm your gal. Yeah, this, (laughs) this episode brought up a lot of, um, we're gonna need to explain some Catholicism things. (laughs) I didn't even think of that, because I was just like, do, 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 Zach's not bright when it comes to religion. I just figured that he wasn't religious. I don't think he is. There's nothing wrong with that. We're not no. shaming anybody no, for that. No, please. Yeah, don't But that. it's something that became apparent in this, and because it's at a Spanish mission, which is set... And Spanish missions were exactly what they sound like. They were really set up by the Spanish church in order to... How do I put this? Convert Politely. Convert the indigenous populations to Catholicism by hook or by crook. Yes. Um... And it it did tend to vary, like, by mission, how poorly the indigenous people were treated. But suffice it to say that um, we're talking about, like, shades of poorly, not, like, yeah. and then they're treated so well. So one thing I did find interesting, when they're t- so they actually spent a good amount of time talking about the history of this mission. Yes. And one thing I did think was interesting is when they talked about the relationship with the Tumash and the church, 
that relationship was actually, like, pretty solid. The church treated them relatively well. They, like, left them in peace, like, you know, we want you to convert, but we're not... But, you know, we'll do it through normal means, like feeding you and giving yeah. you... and they really did yeah. take care of them. And there, when there was an uprising, the uprising wasn't against the church. Like, we got nothing with you guys. It was against the Spanish. And it was a very specific, like, it was against the Spanish military that was also there. Yeah, we'll talk about that, because in the course of the interview, Zach says some things, and I, I make a face like I've just put a whole lemon in my mouth. But yeah, the reason why I thought this was interesting, but the reason why I mentioned this is because when they're telling the history, they actually pretty much tell the history from the point of view of the Chumash, not the Spanish. Which is super rare, but that doesn't mean it's not, like, oh, racist. Yeah. Oh, it's always, like, when I say point of view from the Chumash, it's point of view from the Chumash as the white Spanish understood it. Yeah, it's like mad revisionist history. If you are uh, concerned by, or it, if people being racist will really, like, ruin your enjoyment of a thing, watch another episode. So, um... I'll be honest, the cold open started where they give, like, clips from later in the episode, and my first thing was, I don't know if I'm gonna like this one. Um, and it was entertaining. It was entertaining. Yeah. I have, I have a lot of, like, personal shit that I bring to the table when I watch things, and it was, like, I just wanted to beat some parts of it with a, to death with a baseball bat, but, you know, that's life. Yeah, Sam turned to me and she goes... Is this episode good? I'm like, I remember being entertained by it. <laughs> I don't remember if it was because, like, I really enjoy knew I would enjoy, like, tearing into it, or because it was actually good. Yeah, so, <laughs> I just want to say, Kim did not use the G word when describing this episode, in unless saying, like, I don't remember if it is good. So, um, we start off, we're in California. Woohoo! He's talking to a dude with a beard who thinks it's one of the most haunted places in the world. It's a Spanish mission. This does not surprise me. Well, also, every place is one of the most haunted places in the world. Doesn't actually seem like anyone here is angry, but we're yeah. getting ahead of ourselves. I mean, to be fair, they did say that the Chumash, while they had an issue with the Spanish, their issue was specifically with the Spanish and not with the church. Which is interesting, because in most places, that isn't necessarily the case. Yeah! So, like, literally any of Mexico, throw, put a map, a map of ex Mexico up, throw a dart, there, I can promise you there's issues with the church And when we there. say Mexico, we don't mean just Mexico as in current borders. No, I mean all of New Spain. Yeah. If you ever have time and you, you haven't been interested in history in your life, looking at the period of time after the quote-unquote discovery of the Americas... And, like, up until really, let's just say 1900 for funsies. It's a really interesting place in history to look at. Because now you have all these European countries realizing there's new resources to be exploited. And how that plays out is curious, to say yeah, the least. Yeah, the intercolonization is definitely interesting history to look at. And we don't just mean with the Spanish. But it is really interesting um, to look at from a historical perspective and just to see that everybody was in the atrocities game. Yeah, I mean, even, like... Everybody. We, and we talk about the age of colonization. Like, this lasted until, like, the 19th century. 
uh, through the 19th century. And America got in on it, too, because, you know. Manifest destiny, bitches. Oh, yeah. So, the reason why we bring up why it was interesting that the Trumachan issue with the Spanish, but not the church, is that they did riot. They did have a revolt. And the revolt was specifically aimed at the Spanish military, not the church. Like, they didn't want to bother the priests. They were cool with the church. The church was helping them. The church really let them do their thing. Like, they were fine with the church. It was just when the Spanish came in that they were like, whoa, 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 wait, what? No, no, when I say when the Spanish came in, obviously the church was from Spain. And it was staffed by Spanish-speaking people who were also from Spain. But but as distinct entities between, like, the Spanish military and the... The church. Yes, when we talk about the Spanish, we're talking about the Spanish military and uh, the Spanish that were sent by the Empire, not the church. Yeah. Um, it's, and so they were going through and they're talking about this riot and they point out that there are some original fixtures still on the mission. It's like, yeah, these columns are original. You could see bullet holes. So what does Zach do? He'd just be sticking his fingers into holes, man. See, he does it once to be like, look, there's a bullet hole. But then he keeps doing it, and I'm like... On every fucking pillar. And I'm like, and he tries doing it multiple fingers. I'm like, what are you doing? Are you trying to measure it to see if it's a good glory hole? Like, what is this? Zach be sticking his fingers into strange holes, and he needs to stop that, because that's how you get diseases. That's also how you lose a finger. I did have, I did have complaints about... That you're skipping over. So at one Sorry, point, I just wanted to mention that because I wanted to make a glory hole joke. I know. I love your glory hole joke. Anyway, there is eternity. a ton more to talk about yeah. in terms of historical presentation. Oh my gosh. So yeah, so they start talking about the indigenous tribes that were living in the area when uh, Spain invaded um, the Chumash. And one of these freaking historians calls them very, I shit you not, docile. Which, I think this is a really good time to mention that, you know, when we said it was from the perspective of the indigenous, we mean not actual indigenous people, we mean white people who are uh, in a position against Spain rather than um, pro-indigenous. I will say this dude had, like, the whitest name. Oh, uh, it's further down. Well, Richard... when I say it's no Steve Jones, this was oh, Steve, Steve Jones, Jones that yeah. said this. Mm. But, uh, although to be friend- fair, I do have a friend who has an even whiter name. <laughs> but I'm not gonna say this on that yes. on this podcast because it involves me having to say his full name. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not gonna do that to him. Uh, <laughs> his Spanish accent when he was talking about names was very good, though. Yeah. And- Which actually, that's another thing. I, I said something critical. I'm gonna say something nice. Last episode, we were like, attacking me, attacking me, right? Oh, hold on, that put me in a dark place. I'm coming back. Okay. No floor, Sam, no floor. <laughs> I want to go back on the floor. Um, everyone here has much better accents, and they mostly, um, it, they pronounce these names very properly, even, even Zach and the crew. So I like to think that somebody was like, really, that's what you think Spanish sounds like. And they did some studying for this episode. Yeah, they really do make an effort. And we were pleasantly surprised. Yeah. It was good. It was good. The other thing that they but, said... Yeah, so, just sorry, going back to the docile thing. I 
am going to give him a little credit because I think he realized that the way he phrased it sounded wrong. Because it he, is. Yes, he's like, <laughs> there weren't warrior people. And I'm like, okay. I wouldn't call, that's not docile though. That's just like, docile. they weren't all about your land is mine now. Yeah, docile isn't necessarily a word we use for people. Yeah, because docile implies, like, I'm a pushover. Yeah, that's, that is a rude word when you're talking about individual yes. people. So it was It's a, even ruder when you're talking about a people. So I think he realized it was a very poor choice of words and immediately goes to, like, try to put it in context, but it was still a very poor choice of words. Yeah, he's trying to not explain, he's digging this hole and I'm writhing on the couch. <laughs> I'm like, no, stop. Uh, the other thing that comes up is they, the Chumash, would eventually feel oppressed by the Spanish. Because, I you know, they were being oppressed by the Spanish. Like, this is not a, they feel, like, when you do X, I feel Y. This is a, you're literally oppressing me situation. Um, and that's one of the ways that this episode in its history really fails to, like, paint the truth of the situation. It's like, oh, you know, they're doing really good in this church, and like, okay, cool. And, you know, their problem with the Spanish is only with the Spanish, like, military. And, like, Richard Sennett, the guy I say in my notes is the beardy dude, is quick to jump in that the problem they had was with taxes. And it's, it's a... I'm not gonna say it's like a coordinated whitewashing, when you're looking at the history of this particular mission in this particular episode, it a person could use the word whitewashed and and not well, considering that every single person they talk to is a white person. Yo, legit. Which could be for a variety of different reasons. I well, Emily did not do the research, but so I don't know if the Chumash are an extinct tribe or not. And extinct is a really weird word to use, so and I recognize that. I see but, your point, though. Yeah. yeah. Like, a, a tribe I don't that know is if there no are any, longer... I don't know if there are any living members of the tribe currently. Yeah. Um, and, like, I don't know too much about that tribe. Um, I've heard the name before in connection with the California area, but since I'm not from California, any history I do is going to be not necessarily uh, of a deep and piercing nature, because that's very far away, and I've only been to California once. <laughs> It's not the same as knowing about the land that I am currently residing on. Yeah, and also, like, when you're going to California, at least for us, it's, you're going in terms of, like, a tourist, you're not. Yeah, when I went, it was for a wedding, you know, like, it, I wasn't, I wasn't even playing tourist. I was there for a wedding, came back home. I went for a wedding, came back home, still played tourist. I was a bridesmaid. Oh, yeah, no, I, I didn't do that. I didn't. Yeah. You have way less time if you're a bridesmaid. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, so that's really the point I want to make, and I'm going to try to stop harping on it, because it's been made. I mean, you're not going to stop harping on it, and I like that, actually. <laughs> I'm going to try to keep it to a minimum, because I've made my point, but the the way the history presented here is very... It didn't sit well with me. Yeah, it's... From my perspective, they tried, but any way you slice it, it's still the history as written 
from the perspective of the church and the Spanish, and they did try to read between the lines a little bit, but there's still only so much you can do. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's the background for a ghost show, so there's really only so deep you want to go. I mean, I think that these are people who love playing up gruesomeness and atrocities, so it's always surprising to me where, well, it's always interesting to me where they don't. Yes. And in this case, it was in presenting a more uh, propagandistic view of what was happening out here at the uh, mission. In Zach's defense, and in, in the in everybody's defense, who discussed this. This is also like 2006. <laughs> yes, this is also 2006. <laughs> but in everybody's dis- uh, way, discussed it. They were very much the Chumash were oppressed. They were fighting for their right to live on their land, not... Oh, well, I don't even think it came down to, like, a land thing. Well, it know, was more like they were fighting the military, they were the good guys, rah, rah, rah. Yeah, so, which is not the way it's normally presented. Yeah, it was different. So, which is why I'm like, did they still have issues in discussing it? Yes. Was it still whitewashed? Yes. No denying that, and I'm gonna shut up now, because as a white woman, I really <laughs> should not be saying any more than that. <laughs> I think you always bring nuance to everything you say because you think about these things, but... Yeah. The Spanish are a uh, complex question for me as, like, a a mixed-race person of Caribbean descent because I'm I'm light-skinned, yeah? And I know exactly why that is. (laughs) I'm not gonna lie, I just had a brain fart... And I'm like, Puerto Rico's in the Caribbean? Yo, it is! (laughs) Um, Okay, so stepping out of that, Jack likes to be sticking his fingers in holes. I guess he doesn't like having fingers. I'm telling you, he was measuring for a fucking glory hole. It was either that or he just, like, we keep running the, like, Zach is single and needs to get laid thing. Um, oh my god. Do I need to say any more, or are we all on the same page? So, his April Fool's prank. Oh, tell me. Tell me, because I missed it. She said yes! Who's she? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I think he just likes fingering things, and he missed it. There we go. You could cut that out, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm totally keeping that in. Oh, gosh. Um. But yeah, so he, they continue the tour of the mission, and they talk a lot about um, Padre Payeras. You know, I never actually was able to read his name, so I have a really hard time understanding what they were saying. Nick pronounced it in a very anglicized way, which is why I was able to get it. <laughs> you know, like, you look at Nick, and he's he's probably Italian, I'm assuming. Nick Groff? Groff, I think it's either German or Dutch in descent. But he looks like a person who could be Italian. Maybe. Who could be Spanish. Yeah. So, like, I'm always surprised when he mispronounces something Spanish, because my head's like, he could be Spanish. Yeah. I mean, look at me. Like, I'm first generation. Yeah. And, like, my Italian is shit. I mean, sure. Sure. My Spanish accent is not that great, so... It's just... it was It's always funny to me when he says something, because I'm like, aren't you... Oh, right, I was only assuming. My bad. Um, and it's German in origin. Okay. Cool. Yes. It is the anglicized name of the surname Graf or Grof. Yeah, Graf or Grof. Uh, predominantly Swiss and sometimes German origin. Okay. It doesn't have like a specific meaning. 
Yeah, so they talk about the Padre. The Padre, not just a Padre. Yeah, it's, um, pa- yeah, it's, I believe it's Payeras. I kept missing his first name, too, because I was suffering. I had no idea what his first name was, but they kept saying Padre Payeras, which... Yeah. So, Payeras? Payeras. Okay. Um, which is funny, because they keep showing his grave, so you'd think we would have gotten it. Except it was always for brief flashes, and I didn't ask you to pause it, so... Yeah, we, like, this was something that we... We paused for a lot of things, but we did not think to pause for the name of you know, the major ghost that <laughs> I thought somehow I would retain the information by the end of the episode, and I didn't. Um, but yes, yeah, so they're talking <sighs> about Father Payeras, and Father Payeras is buried in the church in the floor. Now, for old world churches, this is normal. You be stepping on graves wherever you go. And it's usually people who were the elite that were buried. So either someone who was extremely important to the church or someone who paid a lot of dough. Yeah, to be buried in the church because how, like, yeah, okay, being being buried on, like, hollowed ground outside the church in the graveyard, that's, that's pretty good. But you know what's even closer to holiness? Being in the fucking building. So, uh, Padre Payeras is in the actual like chapel yeah um and for some reason this freaks zach out i i think he's like oh my god i'm walking on a grave and i'm like okay and for someone who deals a lot with ghosts i don't think zach's comfortable with the concept of death at least not yet and he's definitely not comfortable with bodies i repeat at least not yet yet. (laughs) baby zach here uh, definitely, I think he has a thing about corpses. Oh my god, I would love to see them do the Mother Museum. <laughs> Which I don't think is haunted, but I would love to see them do the Mother Museum. <laughs> oh my god, yes. So for those of you who are unaware, the uh, Mother and Mutter Museum is a museum in Philadelphia. It's an anatomical museum that's really meant for medical study. But they open it up, to, but it's open to the public, and it's really cool because they show various medical conditions that you normally wouldn't see. Um, it's also a bit of a medical oddities museum, you know, because open to the public, they need to get the revenue to keep it open. Um, it was ma- started by the American, I think it was the National Academy of Physicians, I think. Um, it's really cool, but considering that if you're not okay with dead bodies... You're not going to be okay. You're not going to be okay. <laughs> I haven't been yet because I haven't actually been to Philly. I've never been to Philadelphia. Literally like two hours away from us. Yep. It's right there. So guess what we're doing one weekend? Oh, we're going to go to Philly. Yay! It's a day trip. Yeah. It's... Guess where Easter State is? Ah, uh, you're right. I... <laughs> Maybe I can distract you. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, I've never been to Philly, but the... I always heard it said as mutter, but you're right. There is an umlaut over the U there. There is an umlaut. It's always said as mutter, and like usually you all hear it pronounced as mutter just because it's America. We don't and it's pronounce a Philadelphian, things. It's a Philadelphian institution, so it's commonly known as mutter. But I think the proper pronunciation, pronunciation really is mutter. Am I going to have to study German in this life? German's fun. <sighs> okay, I'll add that to my list. Yeah, so I think I think Zach has a body thing because he's he's standing... Next to, uh, whoever's talking. Is it still Beardy? It is still, um, Beardy, yes. 
now I can't remember his name. Richard Senate. Because you keep calling him Beardy. He has a very nice beard. (laughs) It is not too long, right? Oh my god, I figured out. Some white in it. What his whole hairstyle and beard reminds me of. Okay. Alan Rickman in Sweetie Todd. You're not wrong. The first time I saw him, I'm like, man, that guy looks like a villain. Um, Either that or the priest from The Exorcist, I think. I still haven't seen The Exorcist. Neither have I, but I've seen clips. Yeah. I didn't give you the ghost update. There's another ghost update? Yeah, so yesterday we didn't record on Friday night because I had a friend over and... Um, Sam decided to be social on me. It, the decision was made for me. But I had a friend in my house, so I had to be social. I couldn't just, like, depart. And, you know, it's someone I like to talk to, so it's no big deal. And we had just had dinner, and Aaron had uh, started feeling, my sister, had started feeling uh, not well, so they went to their room. And I'm talking to the friend in the kitchen facing, like, the, the back of the house. And I swore I saw... Someone, I didn't, I couldn't make out exactly who, go from that hallway into the dark living room. Oh no. And I was like, oh, Aaron, did you come over to the living room? And they're like, what? I'm in my room. I'm like, oh, I could have sworn I just saw you in the hallway. And Aaron like brings the stuffed animal and we're like, we're all going to sit on the couch together now. (laughs) No. Yeah. No. Yeah. But this is another speaking, one of those things that only I see, so. Oh, fun. So speaking of seeing ghosts. Okay. Oh, are we gonna... Yeah. So we're not quite at the apparitions yet. We're though. not the apparitions yet. But, so in, diff- in, in addition to showing Payeta's, um grave, they go through, they continue the tour, um, and they talk about how the Spanish used to have fiestas or party. And honestly, I'm going to give the part... I want to say that I'm being sincere here, because I realize how sarcastic this is going to sound. Okay. But I actually, like, thank you, Park park Ranger Lady, for translating Fiesta. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I missed that entirely. Is that the situation that led to the chickens being buried up to their necks in the dirt? Yes! Okay, because I... Must have zoned out for exactly long enough for the setup because I just zone in to like, and then they buried three chickens up to the neck and the throat, and then they did a yes, race. It was during. I was like, it was during a major fiesta. Okay, I was like, yeah. Yeah. So during a fiesta, they bury these chickens, and these two dudes, Vincent, uh, Vincente and Jorge, they go out, and they're supposed to get the chickens and, on horseback. Yes. I really want you to understand, chickens buried up to their neck. These dudes are on horseback, so you have to grab the chicken out of the dirt. So from Jorge the horse. gets none, but Vincente gets all three. And, you know, obviously he's praying for this. And Jorge is like, uh-uh, no. So they get into a fight about this. Yeah, Jorge got beef. So they get into a fight, and Jorge says, screw this, and shuts Vincente in... No, he kills Vincente and buries him in the mission in what is the, um, the, uh, the Quattro? It was the jail, yeah. Yeah, it's like, I couldn't remember what it was used for, but I remember it being called Quattro. It's one um, of those words that are not words that I normally come across, so. Yeah. Then a few days later, 
Jorge's um, horse is found by quicksand with his hat. And Jorge is never found. Which I like, that is some fuck instant karma. But anyway. We do think it's ghost revenge. Yes. Jorge doesn't, but Vincente said to haunt the mission. No, that's because Jorge got dragged directly to hell bodily. That's why we can't find his body. That's Ooh, my theory. I like that. I always love a so story that So now the that question is, with... did that happen like Princess and the Frog style with like the spirits coming I out? I've seen that one. <gasps> you need to see it. Yeah. Listen, I love a story that ends with the, the quote unquote bad guy getting dragged bodily into hell. Oh no, he's always definitely... Always a good story. I don't want to say... You'll see it, and I'll explain what I mean by it. I don't want to say he's definitely a bad guy, but he definitely does bad things. Okay. Remember that it's a black dude practicing voodoo in 1920s Louisiana. Okay, so... So that's what I mean by... He does bad things, but I'm not going to call him a bad guy. I mean... Although I will say he has the best Disney villain song. I have heard that song many times. It's my friend Joe's, like, favorite. Because it, it, also, Keith David is just, like, amazing. So, anyway, we got a little bit off Vincente, track. Vincente, Vincente, Vincente. haunts, uh, um, the mission. Specifically the jail-ass area. Yes. So, then they go off to the, uh, Spanish soldiers' quarters, where one of the tour guides got choked while sitting in the bed. And I'm going to admire... This guy is just, like, con- total conviction of it wasn't a ghost while all of it was happening. No, I love that. I really did. Because he's like, what are you doing? You can't be doing this. You're not real. You're not real. You're not cho- As I'm choking. And he actually describes, like, as I'm choking, I'm sitting there going, go away. You're not real. You're not really doing this to me. I also, like, I, I'm not really a skeptic, right? We've gone through this. Kim's the skeptic. I'm I'm the believer in this duo as much as, as those things qualify. Um, this sounded like a night terror to me. It may have been. Which, because he describes lying there on his back um, and no, being he asleep. He he's being asleep and turning his head. And then he says he wakes up after he's being choked and he still feels the pressure. And I'm like, I love this dude. He was like... Amazing. It helped that he was in full period costume. He was in full period costume, and I could believe he was not a white person. The only one in this whole Oh, yeah, he looked Hispanic. Yeah. He had them cheekbones. (laughs) I unfortunately do not remember his name. I think he called himself Art in his uh, thing, but I didn't see his name pop up, and I'm a very visual rememberer. Yeah, so there's so there was that. So I'm like, okay, cool. The ghosts don't like you sleeping in their bed. Bitch, I get that. Yeah, I get that. And then, it, and so at this point, they're like, yeah, the ghosts seem to like to target people in period costume. Because at one point, there was a lady dressed as a, uh, I think they said she was dressed as a vaquero. Yeah, vaquero. Um, and she walks into the, the um, it wasn't the chapel. A vaquero is a cowboy. Yes. Dubs. Thank you. Um, she doesn't walk into the chapel. It was, like, the area behind the chapel. Yeah, um, the... Sacristy. Thank you. She's in the sacristy. Whew. Which is the area, like, behind 
It's the backstage area. Yeah, yeah. Think of, of it as backstage. Okay, we're just explaining like that. The altar is the I mean, stage. Come which on. Zach calls it a stage, stage late, yeah. earlier. He calls later, it a stage so. later. If the altar is a stage, then the sacristy is the backstage where people get ready to go on stage yeah, and so, perform Christ. And women were not allowed to be back there because it was only meant for the priests. And priests are all men. Right. So, at least in Catholicism. So, she goes back there and she is violently thrown against a wall. Against a wall. And, um, Steve Jones is telling the story. She goes, Zach, he, he's like, and then he didn't come back. And Zach goes, did she ever come back? He goes, I don't think so. I don't know where she is today. And I heard that. All I'm going to say, it sounds like I wouldn't either. And I'm like, I would. That's because I'm a stubborn fuck. Well, also, like, in this, like, Zach's like, oh, she gets thrown back like this and kind of throws himself against the door and, like, gets his shoulder on a nail or what have you. And I'm like, yep, like that, but, like, with it actually hurting, not just you bumping yourself. Yeah, like, I totally don't blame her for never coming back. Yeah. If if I got, like, bodied by something I couldn't fucking see... I don't know. I'm out. No, I'm fucking stubborn. No, I'm out. I'm stubborn. I'm like, bitch, what'd you do? Uh Uh-uh. What'd you do? We like you right. I'm gone. So, they continue to the tour, and Richard talks about the chapel, and he says that one night he was there, and he sees three Native Americans praying, like, in their, like, full, like, they're in... And they're, like, full outfit. Like, he recognizes it as traditional Native American clothing. Well, they're wearing pants and shirts. Um, no, he that are also... ripped and dirty, but one of them's wearing a blanket around their shoulders. Okay, then I, I, yeah. I misheard what he was saying Yeah, then. no, it's cool. So I do apologize for that. But yeah, he see, he's wearing... I think he said the blanket was, like, in a traditional... Yeah, it was like, a traditional type blanket. I think that's what I heard. Yeah. And I didn't hear the shirts and pants part, so... But anyway, so he sees them, and, like, one of them turns around, he's all pockmarked. From the smallpox. Yeah. And then he, like, and then as quickly as he sees them, they vanish. Yeah. And he's like, it was, it's like, I, it was just something to see. And I'm like, I really wish you could have taken a picture of that and just sent it to all the anti-vaxxers. <laughs> Yo. We went in different places. Because where I went here is that I noticed that all of the people who work at this mission use the phrase Native Americans. And even when people are saying Native Americans to Zach... Zach says Indians. I am 90% sure that Zach is a product of our public school system. I wouldn't know I would have ever went to one. <laughs> Neither did I until college. And that's a very different story when you reach college. Yeah. So yeah, so that was actually pretty freaking cool. And I really wish that, like, you know, he could have, like, taken a picture or showed it to anti vax just like, see these? These are the ghosts of people who died from smallpox. Not them when they were living. They... Freaking died. Vaccinate your goddamn children. Or the new phrase you recently learned, vaccinate your crotch goblins. I like that. So, um, you may notice that we don't have smallpox anymore, and that's because of vaccines. That's why we bring this up. This is very much directly related. Yes. So, then they're going to the looms, and once again, um, I think it was Steve Jones says a phrase that I really wish he didn't. He oh, goes, oh yeah, so know. these are the crude looms they use. And I'm like, oh, 
Oh, Bitch, right. they're looms. They're not crude looms. They're fucking looms. And, like, he says the word crude, and I'm looking at this loom, and I'm like, no, nah, that's a loom loom. Yeah, I'm like, like that, that's a fucking loom loom. That's not a crude loom. Like, it's the 19th century, and what would have been fucking wilderness for the most part, it's a fucking loom. Yeah, what would have been a crude loom would have been, like, a fucking hand loom. You know what I mean? But that was, that's not even a crude loom, that's a fucking hand loom. Yeah, They're yeah. different things. And I think it's because... Is he, he thinking about mechanical looms? I think he was thinking about mechanical looms. Because remember, this was the 1800s, so they, and it was the start of the industrial period. So there would have been some, like, mechanical looms around? Yeah, but there's no industrial revolution in, like, the back end of But no, of it wasn't California. a crude loom, it was a fucking loom. And that pissed me off. He didn't try to backwalk from that one. He's no. like, yes, it was a crude loom. And I'm like, no! I didn't write that one down because I was too busy staring at the loom like, what is crude about you? Do you say cuss words? Do you... What? What? <laughs> Tell me. No, it was crude because it was handmade from wood. And probably very simply made. So that therefore it was crude. I'm like, bitch, it's a loom. It doesn't need to be that fucking complicated. You literally, all you need is something to hold the framing strings in the uh, structural strings in place that's it um because I, I was thinking about taking up weaving i did it for a while when i was a kid it was fun it does sound like a lot of fun um god so Ugh. then anyway so they moved from the and he said that they played flutes while people were working okay cool that becomes important later so i got distracted by the crew a little bit yes he does mention that music was playing while they were working and that becomes significant later in the investigation. So they keep going, and they go to um, Padre Pagueras' bedroom. And they talk about how they all make the bed. The bed will be, like, nicely made, and they'll come back later, and no one's been in there. And it'll be messy, like someone has sat down and lied down in it. And then, and then Beardy goes, one of the rangers, Steve whatever, saw a ghost Padre in the bed. And I want to say, he does say the words ghost Padre. Like, not just a regular Padre, a ghost Padre. And then we cut to Steve, and Zach's like, so you saw a ghost Padre? Oh, wait, before that, though. Oh, okay. Before that, you forgot the best part. Oh, puppy. So today I learned that the Spanish kept greyhounds. They didn't say why, but they're like, yeah, so you didn't know the Spanish had greyhounds. And I'm like, wait, what? He's like, yes. So apparently, um... Beardy Senate. (laughs) Richard Senate, thank you. (laughs) Richard said it was saying how he saw the ghost of a greyhound. I don't want to think that By doggies are stuck as ghosts. I want doggies. All doggies go to heaven. Don't go to heaven. But maybe he just wants to make sure everything's okay. Oh, what a good dog. Maybe he's just being a good dog. So anyway, so I have in my notes puppy in giant letters and then ghost padre because I was laughing my ass off at that. Okay. So we cut back to Steve, and Zach is like, ghost padre? And Steve goes, and I have to, he says, yes, I saw, and this is a direct quote, Ben Franklin in drag opalescent figure. I'm just going to let that sit there for a minute. Ben Franklin in drag. So, I'm not an artist, but if you are, like, please send us some fan art of that, because I really want to know what the hell that would look like. I think he was trying to describe the, like, 
robe that a lot of priests, uh, especially in the Franciscan order, wear. Like, if you've ever seen any interpretations of Robin Hood and you see Friar Tuck, like the brown robe he wears, I think he was trying to describe that. But instead, we end up with opalescent Ben Franklin in drag. So, okay then. Sure. Ben Franklin in drag. All right, Steve. Then, also, he mentions that he's seen this Ben Franklin in drag opalescent figure multiple times, and that he assumes it's Padre uh, Beares, because that's what people have told him, that it has to be. So, then they go out to get this up on like a nearby hill to get a beautiful panoramic view. Yeah, they kind of smash cut from Ben Franklin in drag to uh, Aaron and Zach really schlepping it up this hill. And then they're like, you know those people who wear jackets in warm weather? Yeah, you hate them, right? And then the camera pans to Nick. Who just goes, they're very powerful. (laughs) Because he is wearing this black, like, tracksuit jacket. Not tracksuit jacket, but like, he's wearing like a a black jacket. And he doesn't look like he's broken a sweat. He's just like, yeah, so... I, I saw that and I was like, ah, oh, yes, one of my people. <laughs> so they're climbing. And at this point, Sam turns to me and she goes, has anyone told Zach that there's snakes in California? And Kim goes, just wait. <laughs> and they get to the top and there's a giant metal cross in the ground and there's an outlook. And I assume the mission is beyond it because they don't show us. No, they did. Okay, good. I didn't see it. I missed it. Yeah, they showed it very quickly, yeah. Yeah. Um, What they do show us is Zach pointing to a sign. He's like, tap, tap, tap. Uh, They say history always happens twice or some bullshit like that. And what he means... Oh, history always repeats itself. And what he means is... It's more fucking snakes. It's a sign that says, like, be careful for rattlesnakes. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me and he doesn't really freak out he's just like let's not make this a repeat of idaho let's go yeah they do like the quickest pan over the the vista which i was expecting a little bit more of like and that's where idaho right where they climb up that also he calls this hill a mountain yeah he's from nevada they have mountains in nevada they do they're very pretty i have pictures of them i've never been to nevada Alright, so now we head into the lockdown. They pull up to a park ranger, and Zach goes, Hey, I'm Zach. This is Nick and Aaron. Uh, I'm sure you guys heard we're supposed to be locked in here er, tonight. He's like, Yep, nope, you guys are good to go. And then he points to the dude's gun. He goes, See that? See that gun? That's our deadbolt. My note here is, I hate these men. The guy looks so uncomfortable. The park ranger. He's like, I really wish you wouldn't point to my gun. He's like, do we have to do this? So yeah, so they go in and, you know, I'm gonna give them the credit because what they do is they actually pull out a map and they show where all the X-cans are. Yes! I love this part. I do too, I really appreciate it. Because it also, they also give the reason why they put the X-cans in certain places. So it's, it's like, okay, you know all of that history that we just threw at you? Here's the parts that are important for the test. The test being the lockdown. Yes. 
So they go outside, they start exploring. Oh god, yeah, this happens. And they're like, okay, so we're gonna go to the uh, Chumash baths. So they go to the bath, and Zach's like, oh my god, dude, it's a face! Because there's a carved face in the side of the bath. And I'm just like, Zach's just total lack of knowledge about Spanish mission architecture, excuse me, architecture, is, or honestly, most types of architecture. Or iconography, like... I understand this is a pet thing of mine. I I love me some iconography. And I grew up with an architect. Yeah. So, like, this is something that's near and dear to our hearts. So, of course, it's going to be super obvious when someone else doesn't know it. But, like, oh my god, it's a face. It's, like, such a childish way to react. It really is. But anyway, so they keep going. And they get to the uh, Chumash, like, recreation. Yeah, the village recreation. And, uh... Zach points out, I was like, you know, Aaron might look a little bit like an Indian right now, so Sam and I cringe. Uh, it's Aaron may look like he's dressed like an Indian. So we cringe a little bit. I cringe a lot. So, uh, so what's going on is they actually went to, like, the Chumash Museum gift shop and got some traditional, like, Indian, excuse me, traditional Native American, uh, sorry, because he said Indian in the, yeah, 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 it's the narration. So, so traditional Native American, um, Was items? it from the gift shop, or... Because he doesn't say gift shop. He no, said, he says gift shop. No, because he says we went to the museum. I could have sworn he said gift shop. He doesn't say gift shop. And then they have, like, some artifacts or what have you taped on Aaron's back. And I really hope... I really hope it's, it's gift shop stuff. But I... I'm going to drink more wine. <laughs> so, what, but what I love about this is like, so yes, we're going to be using Aaron as bait again. Sorry. It's like, sorry, buddy. Or sorry, Aaron. Aaron just goes, I hate you. And he feels it. You feel it. <laughs> I'm just like, Aaron, my sweet baby boy, we feel ya. I just, I really, let's, not to harp again, on he may look like he's dressed like an Indian because we've taped some artifacts to his back. Yeah, that... See, when you first said that, I thought they had Aaron in, like, some sort of, like, Native American, um, traditional outfit or something, and I'm looking, like, I don't see anything. Hell, even something from Party City. Nay. Nay... Gaff tape is holding some artifacts to his back. Uh, and that that counts as dressing like an indigenous person. Who are not costumes. They're I fucking need no people. This only gets worse. So they go into one of the huts. And I think I've said in a previous episode that I have a feeling that Zach is the type of person who if you tell him you're deaf... He will get louder and slower to try to talk to you. Um, and it's not because he's making fun of you or because he's trying to be a dick. It's out of just pure ignorance and he really just wants to communicate with you. And that is exactly what he does here. <laughs> oh my god. There's a point where he's holding the recorder in his hand and saying loudly, Talk, talk. 
and speak, speak while making like a, a flappy hand gesture, you know, like one might do if you have a puppet on your hand. I, I laugh, otherwise I'd cry. I need more. And then pointing at the recorder, like, I don't, the disrespect. <laughs> like I said, he's not purposely being disrespectful. He's just very poor at communicating with other cultures. I am much quicker to assign malice in situations like this. And it's something that I'm working on in my life to be more patient and more understanding. But... Because he, even the way he phrases it, he, it's not like, you're too stupid to understand me. It's, I don't think you understand English because you wouldn't have at that time period. No, and I know. I know. It's just the way he gets around that isn't like... There habla, are, habla. There are, habla aquí. There are better ways to have handled it than the way he did. Oh my gosh. I will very much agree with you on that. There are much better ways for him to have handled it. It's... It's... It's trashy, yo. Yeah, it is. It's... It's... It's cringy. It's so cringy. Um... So they apparently capture a cry. They say it's a baby cry. It sounds to us like a bird. But then they go back into the mission... And Zach goes, yes, they gave us a skeleton key so we could access all the places that are usually off-limits to the public. And I'm just like, oh no. Who in their right mind thought that it was a good idea to give Zach unlimited access? Like, this is a historical site, yeah? So, like, it is it is part museum. There are things here that are breakable? I mean... They're usually pretty good about the sites they go to, except for that one time when Zack broke a banister. You could say that the banister was already breaking. I mean, it was, In but... his defense. But... I mean, they are a, usually pretty careful. From a liability standpoint, I would not want to be the one signing that piece of paper, you know what I mean? Well, from a liability standpoint, they're also being backed by the Travel Channel, which makes millions in advertisements a year. No, no, I get it. But, like, I would not want to be the person who signs that permit. Yeah, like, I'm... Or gives him the key. I'm guessing there is some sort of insurance. I would need that to be my boss. It probably was. Yeah. It, honestly, probably was. It's just... It's cringy. And it continues to be cringy. And they maybe get somebody voice... And the thing that bothers me about all Zach's cringiness is he continues to ask questions in English. And I'm like, everyone who haunts here would have spoken either Spanish or Chumash. What are you hoping to get from this? And when he's asking these things in English, he's using the, I described it here as the talking to a deaf slash disabled person voice. But here's the thing, he only does that with the Chumash. I'm like, he doesn't do that with the Spanish. With the Spanish, he starts talking about how they're bullies. He doesn't actually use the word bully, but like, we've we've established a character. But he only does that with the soldier in the bed. He doesn't do that with Father Payeras. No, he does. Well, he's not the one who goes into Father Payeras' room. No, even in the um, chapel, though. In the chapel, he's, he's in the chapel, very he looks afraid. Like, he seems afraid of Father Payas. He doesn't think he's a bully. He just seems afraid of him. Yeah. Yeah. The, it, his fear eclipses all other things. But yeah, so like, that was bothering me. And it's like, because they go into the chapel, and all I could think of is for people who hunt ghosts, 
y'all are really jumpy about graves because they are in the chapel and Aaron is like, oh my god, it's freezing in here. And Zach and everyone else is like, no, it's not. And it turns out Aaron accidentally stepped on Father Pegatus's, um grave. You know, because it's on the floor. Yeah. Where people walk. So Zach apologizes. Like, Padre Pegatus was sorry. It was not intentional. Um, Aaron didn't mean it. Aaron apologized. And Aaron's like, sincerely, Father, I am sorry for stepping on your grave. I did no disrespect. And it's just like... <sighs> so then they go from there... Oh, um, before we get into the, uh, chapel, I'd lean over to Kim and go, why did we watch this show? And the only thing, well, Kim responds, but the main part of Kim's response is just peals of laughter. <laughs> like, we have to pause for the laughter. <laughs> and I just look at her and I go, you answered your own question by asking it. Why do we watch this show? Because the scene in the infirmary is so just painful. Um, it yeah. was actually way better to watch them just be very afraid of... Yeah, it's like I kind of peeled over the infirmary because it makes the exact same points that I made in the freak when they were in the huts, which is Zach communicating the Trumash is just cringy to watch. It's just so fucking cringy. We've all, we've all seen that person who, like, you tell somebody, like, oh, you know, so-and-so doesn't speak English, and they go, oh, okay, you don't speak English? My name is Karen. You know what I mean? And have you ever noticed that you only see that with English speakers, and you don't really see that with other languages? I, I can't even imagine what that would even sound like. In like, Spanish. they all usually just say, oh, lo siento, lo siento, and, like, leave it up. There. Yeah. And, like, use a friend to, like, translate for them or something. Use a friend to translate, or, like, um. Or, you, like, you they might try to a... use simpler, like, simple words. Like, even when I was in Japan, they weren't, like, they didn't get, like, louder and shorter at me. They tried using, like, basic commands, like, help me figure out what was going on. <laughs> yeah, simpler phrases. And, like, you make a lot of eye contact and you use your hands. And, like, I understand you can't do that when you're talking to an empty room that you're hoping, um, a spirit is present in. But, like... So it's, like, it's one of those things where it's, like, what Zach was doing with the talky-talky floppy hand, that's similar to what you would do, but the way he does it with, like, the loud voice and, like, if he had done it in a normal tone of voice, like, can you speak? Can you talk into the mic? Yeah. it, it would like it records voices. Yeah, like it, it would have. I'm making hand gestures that y'all can't see because this but, is an audio podcast. But we're using but. a normal tone of voice. I we might be speaking with slightly more diction, so that maybe if it's a word they've heard before, they can recognize it. Um, it also allows us to speak slowly to remind ourselves to actually make the movements. Yeah, and so that the word matches the movement. Um, You're getting that sweet, sweet like ease of lip reading in there, but. You're not hearing me shout it. No. Kim just loud all the time. No, that's just the Italian. Yeah. Yeah, that that that's the normal. That's it's, my norm. It's just upsetting. Yeah. Um So yeah, yeah, they're so, here, they're freaking out because a man is buried under the floor. And so they set up a couple of static cans and they leave. 
and they capture a thing of light on what Zach calls the stage. It's a dais. It's a dais the altar is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, it's probably a bug. Like, you know how we feel about orbs on this show. Yeah. It, it did seem to give off its own light, but also it's kind of hard to tell the night for camera. It is, because then it also disappears very quickly, and, like, it seems to still be moving. Who knows? Yeah, so we, it, we can't really tell much. They're like, we just thought this light enough, and they don't spend too much time on it. No. They're just like, we captured this about eight minutes in, we thought it was interesting, and they move on. And then they go to the jail to harass Vincent. I mean, Vincente. And we just talked about this. All I'm gonna say is, Aaron has this look of, I can't believe I'm fucking doing this. And, like... <laughs> This is a dude who got murdered, right? That's the story. He's yeah. a Spanish soldier who got murdered by another Spanish soldier. Yes. And Zach's whole line of questioning is just straight up provocation. In English, except for he only provokes in the Spanish soldier's room, which is not um Yeah, a no, he, he's not super he's not super procky here, but it's very much harassment. Oh yeah. Like if someone, if some big, muscly jerk walks up into my room and starts just being like, oh, so you got murdered, huh? Like, I'd be like, oh my gosh, for that I had a body so that I could kick your ass. It's good. It's good shit in that, um... It's oh, like walking into here. the room where, like, a family member or a friend just got diagnosed with cancer. It's the first time you've seen them. They're like, so you've got cancer. How's that cancer treating you? The cancer. Yeah, it's like, what? <laughs> but they get a disembodied voice that does actually sound like a voice for once, but it sounds female. Well, and then they say it's in Spanish, but I can't make out diddly squat. Well, that's the thing. is I couldn't make out anything. They yeah. said they don't know what it says. It, like, they think they hear a Vincente, but it just sounds female to me. I couldn't make out a voice. I made out a voice. I just didn't know what it was saying. It was definitely something that didn't sound like a bird or... It sounded like somebody speaking. I just couldn't identify what they were saying. Yeah. And it sound, it was high-pitched. It sounded female to me. They said it was in Spanish, but I could not make out enough to even tell that there was a voice. Maybe with headphones, but we watched this on Kim's couch. With yes. mine. It's comfy. It's good times. And then they walk outside and they insist that they hear... A guy shouting something multiple times. And all I could think of is, it sounds distant enough to me that I could have been from, like, I don't know how far they are from, like, the local town, but especially someplace that quiet, a voice can carry pretty far. So I wouldn't write it off as, I, it's unexplained because they don't know what it is. But they're, like, insistent that it's residual haunting, and I'm like... Well, also, they play it, and again, I don't hear a human, you know what I mean? I hear shouting, but like I said, it sounded, like, super distant to me. It's so far away, it's so quiet, and, like, they're literally standing in the middle of a field, and Zach is, Well, they're like, not in the field yet. At yeah. this point, they're still, like, they're in the, like, corridor where the bullet holes were. So, they, then they go into the field, because that's where they heard the noise. Oh, because he's in this field, field too, and he's like, oh, you know, we keep hearing this residual battle cry. Yeah, because that's why they walk into the field. I'm like, and, like, this is where we heard it, and so they're panning the camera. And this is the only time, I think, during this, where they, not the only time, but this is the first time during this whole investigation, 
other than like the female voice was interesting, where they capture something where I'm just like, the fuck? Yeah, I had found myself not necessarily having fun in this episode, so I was getting a little, um, how you say? Uh... Sam was trying hard not to lie on the floor again. Yeah. Or curl up on, like, my half of the couch and go to sleep. They're pan- so Zach looks up and he's panicked and he's holding the camera still and they capture on the thermal a dude, but it looks like a figure in the distance. And they go and they show what it looked like before, because they show it in the pan and you only see it when Zach is still. It wasn't there before and it definitely looks like a figure. And on a thermal, it's very distinct. Like, everything behind him is, like, nice and cool. And there's this little patch of heat that's, like, in the shape of a person. Yeah, and, like, while they're talking about it, like, oh, it's a half apparition. I'm like, dude, that looks like a whole apparition. I'm like, yeah, that looks like a whole apparition to me, too. So I'm like, okay, Zach, sure. Okay. Um, Even when they got something right, they still get something wrong. Yeah. Then they go back in. They find... That Father Payetta's uh, bed is messed up. So they decide to split up. Nick stays in there alone. And Zach goes to the soldier's quarters. And this is where Zach does a straight up provocation. Because he goes, oh, do you want to strangle me? And of course, my smart ass just goes, yes. Yeah, and he's like, do you want, like, do you, do you remember that you, like, strangled like, that guy on his neck, and I was like, I have a real good question. Can you strangle somebody not on their neck? Like, is there a, a place you can strangle that isn't a neck? You can suffocate a person not on their... So, there are methods of, like, suffocation or asphyxiation that but are that's not necessarily... not strangulation. Like, yeah, I think strangulation is specifically the neck. But yeah, so he's like, he's going on and on and on. So and thankfully, on. they just get back to Nick, where Nick talks about how he left a bone for the puppy. And then he starts lying on to the bed, and then they get an EVP that doesn't sound like a bed. It could be a dog. It almost sounds like a dog wolfing, which. I'm just, that's what I'm going to think it is, because I'm, I, I want to think of it as, oh, puppy was enjoying his treat. Like, no, that's so cute. And then they cut back to Zick, who's, Zick. Not to Zach, you know who attempts speaking Spanish again. And I gave him props, because he's actually pronounced uh, Father Pagueta's name correctly, including rolling his R's, which I just failed to do. And then he's like, Maybe I should be questioning them in Spanish. Well, this isn't Father Paredes. He's still in the, um... This is in the soldier's court. Yeah. No, I'm saying that earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I come, But, yeah. So, he's like, I should probably say something in Spanish. I don't know much Spanish. Um, and it's not, The only thing he knows in Spanish is, what is your birthday? And I don't even think he got it right. It didn't sound right to me. It didn't sound right to me. But, like, he's like, I think that's, what's your birthday? It was definitely, <laughs> when is your birthday... But, like... And I'm like, that's really the only question you could think of to ask a Spanish soldier. I... Yeah, that's how I feel. So, they go back to, um... Oh, this is when Nick is getting the good shit. Yeah, no, so they go back to Nick, and Nick is lying on the bed, he hears a voice. And he bolts up. He's like, what? And then he's like, do you want me to leave? 
and he captures another voice. And that voice says, clear as fucking day, lay down. In English. Yeah. Which, now it is possible that uh, Father Pieris was bilingual. It is possible that the rules of ghostliness mean that you can just speak a new language. But, one thing that our friend Rich Sennett mentions later in the analysis um, is Are you going to do that now? I, I figure we do it okay. now. Because it's relevant, and it's the only thing that's relevant in that whole analysis. Yo, legit. Is he goes... It's like, yeah, it sounds like it's watery. Which is interesting, because you know there's a freeze. Um, it reminds me of the passage in the Bible, is what he says, and I'm like... The devil's voice is many waters? And the I'm devil like, has the voice of many waters. Oh yeah, the devil has the voice of many waters. I'm just like... Wait, did you just... Like, did, A, did you just imply that it's a demon? And B, if you did, don't fucking encourage them to think that. <laughs> Stop it. Don't encourage... Because as of right now, they're still on It's Ghosts and Not Demons. And, you know, 20 seasons from now, they decide everything's a demon. Everything. 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 It is an interesting note. Um, and is a, a markedly different interpretation of that Bible passage than I would have made. Um, but, you know... It's, it's really cool. Like, the first EVP he gets, I can't make out jack shit. But the lay down is crystal clear. I'd say like a bell, but the bells in this mission sound more like, like, fucking wind chimes. Yeah, I mean, in Rich's defense, he doesn't say, oh, it, it's this because of this passage is. Hell, it sounds kind of watery. It reminds me of this passage. Like, it's not like he's... I felt very seen when he says it sounds watery because every fucking EVP they've ever gotten just sounds like water to me. I do have to admit, it did sound kind of echoey. Yeah. But it was clear. Um, so then they go into the loom room. <sighs> Can I lie down on the floor now? No. And they play a CD of, um, what they think is Native American music. Just gonna leave it there. And they're like, play along! And then luckily he gets distracted before he can demand they play music for his benefit some more. Because they start getting temperature fluctuations. Massive. Like, extreme fluctuations. Like, it goes from 40 to 70. And it's Southern California. It's warm. It's so... It, I mean, it's nighttime and now they're all wearing like, sweaters, but, but that's because like, they're in the desert, and it gets chillier at night. Yeah, so it's probably, like, in... It's probably 60s, 70s. So it would be, um... Very strange to watch that go down to 40, and then back up. Um, I would have loved to see a second thermometer and make sure that first thermometer wasn't, like, malfunctioning. But that's me. Yeah, I'm with you on that, but it's also a ghost adventure, so the fact that they had one thermometer is amazing. Yeah, and Zach was like, oh, can you see my breath? Can you see my breath? And Aaron's like, I can see your breath, bro. I'm sorry, I kind of love it when they act like frat boys, because I find it to be, like, the funniest thing. 
I'm here like... <laughs> but, so then they leave a record, a digital recorder in and they leave. And they do actually capture flute music on the digital recorder later. Uh-huh. Oh, sorry. Ooh, I'm getting all the yawns now. Wait, that was cool because that was, once again, clear as day. Definitely somebody... A single flute playing. Unlike the music that they had been playing earlier, which was, like, wind instruments and percussion. Yeah, so... After that, we have an, an analysis with uh, Richard Sennett, who introduces himself again. For some reason. I I don't know. Yeah, he has a cool line about the devil. He says he's seen an 18 uh, degree drop, but not a 30. And, um... He starts talking about how the thermal person looks like a Spanish shoulder. Which you were hesitant about. I'm like, no, no, I could see this. And you thought I was nuts. Because I saw the cross tracks. I didn't think you were nuts. I just thought it's a little hard to tell when the... It's like, what, 10 pixels high? It's very, very small on the screen. Oh, yeah, no, it's very small. But when they zoom... When they show that they zoom in, I could see the cross traps. Um... And he points out the features, like, you know, this looks like a Spanish soldier. Like, you see the cross straps, you see what looks like a little pouch at his side, and you see, like, the hat that looks like what the, the type of hat the Spanish would have worn. Um, and yeah, so that's pretty much where the episode ends. Yeah, it ends pretty much without ceremony. Zach doesn't even have, like, a big, like, and we learn blah. Oh, thank God. Which is good, because honestly, I... So, final thoughts? Um, the next episode looks better. The next episode does look better. Uh, this next episode wasn't bad. It's just hard to be excited about, like, really culturally insensitive everything. We have to read the next episode. You right. Okay, so I did say the next episode looks better. Kim, do you want to let us know what the next episode is? Yes, so the next episode is the Magnolia Plantation. Um, not to be confused with the Myrtle's Plantation, which is a very different place. <laughs> Sorry, Magnolia Lane Plantation, excuse me. Alright, so the Ghost Adventures crew travels to Nachitoches, Louisiana to investigate Magnolia Plantation, where many slaves labored and died in its fields. The crew uncovers evidence of voodoo rituals that slaves use to seek revenge on the plantation's owners. And I am 100% sure I butchered that, like, place name. Not Magnolia. I'm a butcher again. Natchitoches. I don't know how else you'd say that. Natchitoches, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so that's gonna be our next episode. It, if I remember that, we're not, that episode's actually really good. Um, I I think I remember it, having seen it on reruns. Um, it'll be fun to talk about voodoo. Yeah. Um, I feel like I should do research. Yeah, and Zach is much more like. Honestly, if you've seen the Myrtle's Plantation episode, Zach is much more respectful about voodoo and or 
than in that episode. Yay. I'll explain to you what I mean later. Yeah. But uh, this has been an episode, you guys. Even if I am slowly slipping into, like, a food and wine uh, coma, it's also past my bedtime. Like, the Sam is shutting down. Yeah, this episode took a while because we kept having to stop because of the cringe and food. In the food. The food was the best part. So... Besides the wine. The wine is also very good. So if you liked this, um, leave us a review and rate us where you can. Yeah, so you can rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, we are also on Spotify if you want to listen to us there. You can also catch new episodes on our website, which is stoprunningfromthis.blueberry.net. Blueberry is spelled B-L-U-B-R-R-Y. What's our, our social media, Sam? No, I'm yawning. <laughs> our Instagram is Stop Running From This Podcast. Our Twitter is, hold on, I gotta read this because I got this wrong earlier. SRFT Podcast. Thank you. And then you can always email us at uh, Stop Running From This Podcast at gmail.com. Yes. And I hope you've liked it. If you didn't like it, don't tell us, because I'm fragile and Kim deserves better. <laughs> Kim, what's it like being past your birthday? I miss my birthday. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so depending on when you're listening to this, uh, happy Passover, happy Easter. I had to think for a second, like, pass, yes, happy Passover, right? It's, yeah, yeah. Have a healthy and happy Passover. Oh, and don't wish any Catholics a happy Good Friday. <laughs> Nay. We Nay, need- I say, wish them a happy Good Friday. Because without Jesus' death, he couldn't possibly have resurrected. But we don't mean, but it's, but it's not a day, but it's a day of uh, mourning. It's a day of mourning. The happy is Easter, because that's when he's risen. Yes, because the death is meaningless without the resurrection. I had this conversation with my dad this week, because um, he was like, oh, but the cross is beautiful. And I'm like, only because of the resurrection. Otherwise, yes. it's just another dead dude who was beaten and tortured. Yes, he made the sacrifice, but Good Friday means good in like the classical sense, as in holy. Yeah, it's... We want to make that clear. Or I want to make that clear. I don't think Sam cares. No. No, it's really great. If only because a number of times I've had to correct people, and I'm like, and they always feel really awkward. I'm like, don't. You don't know. It's fine. So I'm telling you now that you know. And if you're ever interested in, like, Catholicism and it's Easter season, go to the Easter Vigil, because it really is, like, Catholicism in one, yeah, swallowable pill. Swallowable. I was gonna say easy to swallow, but that's mm. swallowable. No, the Easter Vigil Mass is one of the longest masses of the Catholic Catechism or Catholic year. Yeah, but it, it contains the entirety of the Catechism. But it is literally the longest mass we have. It's it's not bad. It's really good. It's really instructional. It is. And it's a cool mass, but it's literally the longest mass we have because it's also the mass where we where we um do the rites of initiation for all the new Catholics. Yeah, but 
also, it's it's really instructional. It, it's, it's also really long and occurs like super late at night. Make sure you have a booklet that has the words because the words are very important. And in some places, like they'll sing the important bits, or just like drone on them, and then you'll be like, "What is he even saying anymore?" Who I will knows? say there's fire involved. There is fire involved. There is fire involved in the Easter Vigil. They will hand you fire as part of your entrance. Yes. There's a candlelit entrance. It's actually kind of cool. It's really cool. It's... And my church does a bonfire. Oh, we don't do one of those. I want to. They it's just okay. get like a little grill. We used to do that. We used to call it Hibachi Easter. Yeah. So it was a little Hibachi grill. Um, so we've diverted. But yeah, so... Whatever you celebrate, uh, we only know about Judeo-Christian tradition. We're sorry if there are other holidays that are totally happening at the same time and we're ignoring them. It's not that we're ignoring them. We're just ignorant. So, um, anyway, happy spring. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. The weather's been so good. And we will see you next week with Magnolia Lane Plantation. Catch you on the flip side. Ben Franklin in drag.